All right. Well, thank you everyone for coming this morning. And I pray that God blesses you so much. And I pray that um, you would be blessed for all your giving that you have given to the Lord and this ministry. And God is faithful. (laughs) Amen. He's faithful to us, and he's faithful to this ministry, and he will guide us and direct us on how to move forward with all of your blessed offerings to him. And uh, we have a couple of announcements, um, but we'll pray first, and Grace can run around and collect. Father, we thank you for this day. If you have an offering, or if you don't, just raise your hand for a blessing. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your people who give freely and and with open hearts to you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would use these funds to reach out to the lost, that you would use these funds to help the poor and needy, And we pray, Father God, that we would be faithful to you in all these areas of giving. And we bless you and we bless these people this morning. Bless their offering and multiply as your word promises when we give with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, Gracie. Okay, so the announcements for this week are... Wow, what did I just feel like? (laughs) A game show or something. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we have prayer meeting on Wednesday. Okay, everybody look at me. That's not good to do, is it, that signal? (laughs) Isn't that like snake eyes? (laughs) All right, so... If you can't make it to prayer meeting, uh, we would love for you to come. We would love for you to come. We can pray together, and I don't care what people say because we can pray together in the spirit realm. So if you cannot make it to prayer meeting, I'm going to ask you on Wednesday night at 7 p.m., even though we were talking about it last night, right, Mom and Ed? God is no respecter of time. He is eternal. One day is like a thousand, and a thousand is like one day. That's what God says in the word. So you could say you forget to pray at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and you pray at 8. Who cares? God knows. (laughs) He doesn't run by the clock. (laughs) So just on Wednesday at some time... (laughs) when it's good for you. Um, We should do that every day. (laughs) Like, we should just every day just, you know, and and of course you should be praying every day. God says men are always to pray. Oh, does that mean women are off the hook? (laughs) Although it does say women pray for your husbands. (laughs) So men are always to pray and women are to pray for your husbands. And if you're not married, that means you pray for Jesus. (laughs) All right, I'm having too much fun. Anyway, (laughs) 
um, we do have a couple special announcements that we'd like you to be praying about. Uh, we have a special app, Joe's Church app. I so want the girls to do this. When we put that up, you girls should come up and do the church clap to the church app. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And that is how God will bless it because he blesses the dance. (laughs) Believe it or not, it's true. It's in the word. So um, the app, which I have to get on, but Joe's going to have to show me how. I don't even know how to load an app. Uh, but you can do your offering through the app. And at the same time, you can do the clap. <laughs> right? <laughs> so why you girls to go up and do that? And um, you can, the great thing about this, we have to get this to work. Because you can also put prayer request on it. I didn't say that right. <laughs> prayer request. Say that ten times fast. Prayer request, prayer request, prayer request, prayer request. Nope. All right. So if you have a prayer request, you put it on there and you put in 10 bucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, Lord. Forgive me, Jesus. <laughs> no, um, but I, we have to experiment with it and develop it because it's a good source of communication, announcements, um, upcoming events and that kind of thing. And um, so, <laughs> amen, Ali? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, the other announcement I have is that with your offerings, we have purchased a movie, a 3D movie called Genesis Destiny Lost. No, not destiny. What is it? Paradise Lost. Genesis, Paradise Lost. We need to be pray. Start praying now. Pray whenever you think of it. If you see the little ad, come on Facebook, because if you have Facebook, you'll all see it, and it shows, like, the ad. Pray. We can use this as an evangelical tool. Many people do not come to belief in Jesus and God because they do not believe that God is creator. But take that on the other side. If they believe that God is creator, it will help them to believe in God, creator, and, his, and savior. So we want to use this in a powerful way. The kids and, I, the kids and us... Watch this the other night. Remember Ephraim? <laughs> and uh, it was a, was it good or no? It was good for Ephraim. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ollie. Did you like it too? Yeah. How about you, Jackie? Tell the truth. Did you like Genesis Paradise Lost? Yeah. Okay. God will forgive you, Jackie, for like. <laughs> I'm joking. I am joking. But the it's a it's a move it's a movie and an educational movie. So it's you know it's not just going to be dinosaurs and flying ter- pterodactyls. Yep, dinosaurs. See, that's what you need to preach on so the kids pay attention <laughs> when the dinosaurs began. Turn to John 3.16. 
All right. So we must pray over it because we want it to be so powerful. And so um, we should have a meeting on it uh, and talk about it and see what we can do, what the Lord wants us to do with it and prepare for witnessing, oh my goodness, especially you girls in college, your college-age friends, um, Joey, Joey back there. Joey, are you sleeping? <laughs> are you praying? <laughs> God, we'll forgive you, Joe. <laughs> That's what Annie said. <laughs> okay. So that's a great announcement coming up that we're going to be preparing for. And um, this Friday night, we're having a communion candlelight service, 7 p.m. Maybe Phil and Ellie will have their car then. (laughs) If not, we'll pick them up. (laughs) 5 p.m. But candlelight prayer service on Good Friday and communion and worship. Oh, can you record your voice and we'll play it? <laughs> Chris can put the mic in his ear. And he can sing with it. Oh my goodness! So uh, this Friday night is Good Friday and. I just, last year, we didn't have the Friday night. <laughs> Lizzie's looking at me like, do you work too, Lizzie? Friday? Do you guys have sports? Game? All right. Well, regardless, we are having communion service. <laughs> so whoever can come, um, and if you want to invite anyone to come, This is the night that we honor Christ for his sacrifice on the cross. And uh, we didn't have the service last year, and I I couldn't live with that. So we're having it this year, and Chris agrees. And again, if you're home, if you can't come, take time. Take time with the Lord and just honor and praise him for what he has done on that wonderful day. Um, All right. So, Grace, can you get communion elements? All right, so we're going to take communion together today. Thank you, Grace. Oh, um, if you can't come to the communion service on Friday, also I would encourage you to take home a communion cup so that you can have communion with your families on Friday if you can't make it.
Um, as I was praying over communion this morning, I felt like the Lord spoke something to my heart. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your holy communion. We thank you for the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus. That by your divine power, we can partake of to be filled with you to eat your flesh, to drink your blood, and to be filled with the mighty power of the blood of Jesus. The life is in the blood, and we thank you and we praise you. And um, I was thinking this morning about uh, how we... When we come to communion, part of communion is just coming before him in, in humility and repentance. And I want this body to embrace, to love repentance. I don't want us to ever turn away from it or, or feel proud, too proud or too, you know, that we c- It doesn't matter. You could live every second of your life trying to be as holy as possible, but when you're standing by Jesus at the cross, you need his forgiveness. You need his blood. And one of the things that he spoke to me this morning was how he went to the cross. I was thinking about how Jesus went to the cross once and for all. He took all of our sin on the cross that day. But what I was asking him about this, and I felt he reminded me of the scripture, and uh, I think it's in Hebrews. I didn't have a chance to look it up this morning. But it talks about, it says in the word, where we crucify him over and over. Did you know that? That it says that in Hebrews, that when we sin, when we sin and keep sinning, like say we have, you know, there's all, I'm, I don't mean to preach, so I'll keep this short, but there's all kinds of sins that we commit. And the Lord has us covered when we're his children and we're living for him. And you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be like, oh, no, I forgot to mention that one. So he's going to, like, send down his lightning bolt and down to the bad place. No, he's not going to do that. He has you covered. But this is what we need to think about. When there's a sin that the Lord is showing us, and he's spoken it to our heart, And this happens to me a lot, all the time. 
and God is so gracious with me. But this is what truly happens when we hold on to that sin and we keep doing it. We keep doing it and we keep doing it and we make excuses and we say that, you know, God, you're over here, but this is me. I'm doing this. It says in Hebrews that when we sin like that, we crucify him over and over. And what that means is that we, we break his heart. We break his heart because he doesn't look at sin like it's a naughty thing we do or a selfish thing we do. or a, He looks at it like it's a block to keep us away from him. It's a wall that keeps us out of his presence. This is what communion is for, guys. This is what he said to his disciples the night before he was crucified. And he went to them and he uh, arranged for the Last Supper, right, Jackie? Enoughram and Ollie, they hear this all the time. And he sent his men and they, they found the, the man on the street and he, they said the Savior needs the room for the Last Supper. And, and the boys believed that was an angel, right, boys? Yeah. Yep. And that angel said, follow me. And they took him to the upper room. And they had the Last Supper was prepared. Let's feel it, guys. Let's feel it. Let's feel that moment when Jesus was there with his 12 disciples And he knew. Can you imagine if you knew that night you were going to be taken and you were going to suffer the utmost of torture and death, beatings, cuttings. His face was marred beyond even humanity, it says. He didn't even look like a human when they were done with him. But he didn't care. He won the victory. He said, I don't care. I have to do this mission. We're going to do this mission because I love my creation. I love my people. And that's why he brought us to the upper room. That's why he brings us there. And he says, do this in remembrance of this day. Where God knows everything. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew it wasn't. He was, he was all man, all God. So he suffered the agony and pain. But he knew, and he loved us so much. So what we have to remember when we go and we drink his blood and we partake of his body, that his forgiveness and his healing will come to us. And his love will fill our hearts. And that love is what will keep us from those sins that keep us away from him and break his heart. It doesn't break his heart. It breaks his heart. He already died for you. It breaks his heart because he's drawing you into him like a father. 
like a father, like Jordan, when you see Ollie or Jackson and you feel that they're in danger, you would gather them in. You'd be, come here, son. You'd grab them in and you'd hold them close. You'd never let them go till the danger was past. And that's how Jesus is with us. And that's what communion is. Because even though he is next to the Father, interceding for us, he sent his Holy Spirit for us to be here today, to bless this communion as we partake together, to enter our bodies physically, mentally, and spiritually. And Father, just bless your communion. I'm just going to read this word. If you can get your bread out, have it ready. I have, des- I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it. Let's break it. Isn't that so significant? He broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. And he took the cup and he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Let's just sing that little chorus together. Lift our hands or lift a hand. Jesus. Jesus. thank you and we praise you we thank you for your sacrifice 
and your forgiveness. Help us to walk in that covering today and the rest of this week until we meet again together. And I pray this, and we all say, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, so let's not forget Friday night at 7, Wednesday night at 7. And if we're not here at the church, we'll be at our house. So wherever you see lights on on Wednesday, Friday's here at the church. Amen. Amen. And if worship team could be down here at 630, that would be great. Okay. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. In your prayer time, keep in mind we got a, we're praying for a cord. We need a cord for the movie, an HDMI cord. I think Joe needs adapters and a screen. We need to get a screen. And the kids. They just took off with the snacks. <laughs> snacks. So you guys can have fun, go back to the kids' room and enjoy kids' church. All right. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I want to op- have your Bibles open up to Luke chapter 19, 28 through, 20, 28 through 44. Luke 19, verses 28 through 44. Careful, Jackie. You got your hands full. You know, we're entering into a very special week of our Christian faith. This week... The earth was shaken, literally, and the heavens. God's voice was heard. You know, the one thing that's so special about our Christian faith is that we are one of the only, we are the only religion that believes by faith. By faith, we believe. By faith, you're saved. It's by faith we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. We don't have a religion that's based on evidence. We have a, I mean, we have a religion that's based on truths and evidence. But our religion is on faith, based on faith. Others don't. You have to, they have to see it to believe it, or earn it, or work for it. All you have to do is receive and believe. Father, help us with our unbelief. The triumphal entry, 
We probably all know these scriptures. And all know the story and the account. <clears throat> but Jesus had said this. He went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell them the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went out along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And some of them had palm branches. There were palm branches and cloak coats. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. As I read these accounts of this triumphal entry, I can't help but to think of the parallel of Jesus' second return, his second coming. And even the events that took place before he came to Jerusalem... And I'm, and I'm just speaking specifically about the parable that he just read to them before he told them all of this. I can't help but to think of how it applies for our very lives today. I want to read to you 
I'm going to go back to the next page. And oh, it's in the same it's in the same chapter. It's in Luke 19 verses 11 through 27 and it's about the minas. It's the parable of the 10 minas. And I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about the triumphal entry. <clears throat> and I want to think I want you to think about your own lives. Your own heart. Because as I'm reading these, my heart is just going crazy. Thinking about it. If you don't know what your calling is in God, this might help you to realize your calling. This might help you to realize what great mission that each one of us have. The parable of the ten minas. While they were there listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. One of these days, you know, we're going to look up in the sky and there it's going to be. You know, we're so fortunate that our generation, the generation we're in now, I believe it with all my heart that we're going to see the kingdom of God here on earth. And actually it is here on earth already and it's in you. Ellie was telling me this morning on the way here that, do you know that they're, they're saying that there's revivals breaking out all over. They're hearing reports of revival all over the nation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let it break out here today. And you know, the one thing that I thought, and it's so funny, when I was going out there to pick them up and bring them to church, Phil and Ellie, you know, the Lord said to me, he goes, it all starts with just one. It starts with one. It starts within you. Revival starts with one. It has to start somewhere, right? It has to start somewhere with somebody. It starts with one. Pray to God that it starts. I pray that it starts in me. I pray that it starts in you. Because we really need revival. Jesus said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. Think about that. He's talking about himself right there. Jesus, a man of noble birth. Here he is, the king of kings and lord of earth, of lord of lords, was born in a manger. Right? It's a parallel of Jesus. He's talking about himself. A man of noble birth was born or went to a distant country. Jesus left heaven, his home, came to earth, and then was going to go back. So he called ten of his servants, and he gave them ten minas, each one a mina. And he put this money, he said to them, put this money to work. 
Put this money to work. Do you want to know what your calling is as a disciple of Christ? You go out there and you work for Jesus. You put your talents to work. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and went and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was, he was made king, however, and returned home. So it's like Jesus. Jesus went back home. Where's Jesus now? He's at the Father. He sits at the right hand. He's interceding for us. He was here on earth. He walked on earth. He gave the disciples the great commission, which he gives to all of us. And he says, now go to work. Spread this gospel. Multiply. Multiply your meanness. But they didn't like the righteous king. Just like Jesus. They didn't like Jesus. So they crucified him. And then after rising, he walked 40 days, appearing to many people besides his disciples. And then God took him home. Then he went home. The first one came. Oh, let's let's go back. I'm missing. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for his servants to whom he had given the money to in order to find out what they had gained with it. We're all going to be called up to the judgment seat of God, right? And we're all going to be asked, so what did you do with your mina? The first one came and he said to him, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant. His master replied, Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. The master master asked him, You take charge, the master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, Here is your mina. I have kept it, laid it away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. Think about that for a minute. There are a lot of people out there like that right now. That are saying that. That say that thing about Christianity. That say that thing about Christ. These were his servants. They worked for him. You can say this thing about some of the church and some of the people in the church. Sir, you are a hard man. I'm afraid of you. You know what's amazing? The master replied to him, 
He said, I will judge you by your words. Words have weight, don't they? I will judge you by your words. You wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man? Think about that. Think about how he said that right there. You knew, did you know that I'm a hard man? Taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you put my money on the Why didn't you then put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest at least? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more, more who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has been, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who do not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. And everything that we just read has been speaking to my heart. Everything we read about Jesus coming back is a parallel about Jesus' triumphal entry to his resurrection. It's a parallel of him coming back. I know Jesus is coming back soon. And you know what? I say that, and I say that, and I say that. And you know what? I look forward to that day expecting. We need to live every day expecting that Jesus is coming back soon. Every day of our lives, we need to be expecting any moment. Right around the corner, Jesus could come back. And where is he going to find us? Where is he going to find you? How is he going to find you? What state is your heart going to be in with him? That's the question that I can't answer for you. Only you can answer that question, and you're not going to have to answer it to me. No. You're going to have to answer that to God himself, to Jesus is he going to find you working and multiplying your mina? Or is he going to be finding you hiding 
covering it up and putting it away. Thinking that someday I might just need that again. He's coming back. At least let me give him this back. I think that it would have been better off for the person who had the one mina to lose it. Trying. At least he tried. He would have been trying to multiply it. I think God would have saw the effort. Even if he tried and he lost it all. I think it would have been better off for him in the end. You know, Jesus came in on a colt. He come riding in on a colt. In Revelations chapter 19, verse 11, Jesus is coming back on a stallion, a white horse. Do you know if you go into Revelations chapter 19, 11, and let's just go there real quick, Joe. I saw heaven standing open. When I see that and I read that and I think about where Jesus was going from Bethpage to Bethany and he gets up to the Mount Olives and he stood up there and he looked down upon Jerusalem and he stood there and he looked and he said, you, if only you, if only you knew, if only you knew what time it is basically and what I'm doing for you. I'm sure, I wonder in my thought thinking about this in Revelations chapter 19, 11, when Jesus is coming back on a stallion and then he, we see all of heaven standing open right before us. And Jesus on his white stallion up there looking down at the earth and saying the same thing. If you, only you, knew. If you kept watch, if you kept busy, if you kept working for the kingdom, it's getting too late. There's going to be a time when it's too late. Don't hide that talent. Don't hide that mina. Get to work, get busy now, because the time is short. But if only you knew what time it was. Think about it. Is he going to pause for one moment and look down from heaven? And have that thought in his mind? If you... Luke 19, 42 through 44. If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. I want to tell you what, there is no peace on this earth until God comes back, sets up his kingdom and his throne. There is no peace on this earth. But you as a child of God can have a peace inside you that surpasses all understanding. This earth will not have peace. But because you're a child of God and you've asked Jesus into your heart. And you believe it with all your heart and you don't doubt it. And I hope you believe it with all your heart and don't doubt it. 
Because if you don't believe it, then you're lacking in faith and you don't really believe the Word of God. And my prayer is that you believe the Word of God. It is the Word of the literal Word of God. And you have to believe it by faith. You have to take it by faith. Do you know Jesus looked at his disciples? Last night we watched the movie The Risen. And he looked at his disciple, Peter, and he said, Peter, you believe because you see me. I'm here in the flesh. You can touch me. I'm real. I'm talking to you and I'm walking with you. Blessed are those who believe that don't see me. Blessed are those that believe that don't see me. That haven't walked with me. In the flesh. You know, we can walk with God every day by just opening up His Word. It's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Able to separate bone and marrow, spirit and soul. We believe that this is the inspired word of God by faith. We believe that Jesus rose by faith. And you know what? We believe it because it's in his word. But there's other accounts in history of Jesus' resurrection. Not just in the Bible, but other historians throughout history have written about Jesus and what he's done. It's amazing. But Luke chapter 19, verse 42 through 44 says, If you, even you, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Think about that. How many people are hiding from Jesus? I can, know, I can name off many. I'm not going to name names. Even in our own little circle. They're hiding. They're running. From Jesus. If they only knew. The thing is. In our, in our time. There's no excuse anymore. People know. People know. They've heard the word. They know the truth, but they reject it. They don't want, and the reason why it's simple is because they don't want to leave. They don't want to get out of the sin that they enjoy so much. And I'm going to tell you what, sin seems like it's a lot of fun and enjoyable until you're in it and then you get trapped in it. And then it's not so much fun anymore and it's not that enjoyable. Because it leads to other things, which leads to other things, which leads to bondage by the enemy, which leads to destruction and death because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his mission. And that's exactly what he wants to do with you. And that's exactly what he's doing around the world right now. Because he knows that his time is up. It says here, the day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you. 
and encircle you and hem you in on every side. That is exactly what the devil is doing. He's doing that right now. He's been doing it. He's been building his embankment. You know, the devil knew that Jesus was the Son of God before the disciples did. The devil knows that Jesus is coming back soon before most of the people in the church do. So what is he doing right now? He's building up his embankment. He is aligning his nations. He's aligning his demons, his hordes, his people to coming together. He's uniting them. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> they stick together. That group sticks together. Now if we can just get the church body to stick together, like the group the enemy has out there, if we can, you know how much power we would have in unity? One could put one to flight, two could put a thousand or one could put a thousand and two could put ten thousand. Just imagine what a hundred thousand or a hundred million like-minded Christians together can do. All in one accord. All thinking the same thing. You know, that's what's great about worship. That's why it's so important that we enter in worship. We're in one accord when we're worshiping. When we're all singing the same choruses. And our hearts and our minds are focused on God. On Jesus, we're in one accord. In that little brief moment of worship, we're in unity. That's why people get healed in worship. That's why people get set free and delivered in worship. That's why, that's why when you turn on your car and you start worshiping and you feel the presence of God come upon you and tears come down your eyes because it touches your heart. Because you're in unity. You're right where your spirit wants to be always. Your spirit wants to be in worship with God and in tune with God and hearing God's voice. But the devil doesn't want that. So he's been building embankments and he's building them now. He's building them across our nation. He's trying to separate our nation. He's trying to divide us and he's trying to do it not just nationwide, Globally, but you can even take it right down to your families, right down to your children, your grandchildren, where he wants to kind of destroy you, and he's attacking you. And I don't know about you, but if I feel like I've been under attack for this last few weeks, and I've been constantly battling, battling for, for peace, battling for joy. Do you know that a palm branch, a palm branch... You know what a palm branch means? Joy. Your palm. When we have, when I wish we had palms today. We had palm branch, but swinging a palm branch means joy. Laying in joy and triumph. You know what? We're coming into a new season with God. We've entered into a new season, a summer solstice. We've gotten rid of the winter, the old dark winter that we heard that was coming. Well, winter's gone. It's time to get into a new season of joy and triumph. And it's going to happen for the church. And it's breaking out already across the nation. And it needs to break out right here in us. In each one of us. With just one. We need to have joy and triumph. Because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Did he? 
But he gave us a spirit of power, of sound mind, and discipline. Spirit of joy, spirit of love, of power. But this is happening. All this stuff is happening all around the world. But we're entered, we have entered into a new season with God. But we got to decide to step in. We got to decide to get to work. We got to decide it. We can't hide it. I don't know where my notes are. (laughs) But I pray, I pray that as we move forward into spring, that God would open our eyes and our hearts to recognize the things of His coming. To recognize the things of His coming. Because He's coming and he's coming soon. And I don't care if I sound like a broken record. I don't care because I know it's going to happen. When we see all these things happening upon the earth, look up because your redemption draws nigh. I mean, we've had earthquakes, famines, pestilences, plagues, volcanoes, storms. Stronger storms, and they're, they're projecting the storms are going to get even stronger Meteorites are crashing and banging all over the world. We need to look up because Jesus is coming. And we need to be prepared. Because the devil has been preparing. The devil has been preparing. We need to prepare even that much more. The devil's preparing for his last battle, his last final stand. And he's trying to pull us out of the kingdom of God. He's trying to pull you away as a child of God from him. He wants nothing more than to destroy you. And I'm afraid... That many will be pulled away. Many will be afraid. Just like the one servant with the one mina. And I don't want to have any of us here have Jesus say to you or me, take that mina away and give it to somebody else. Praise the Lord. I'm all over. I'm not even going to go look at my notes anymore because I'm all over. And I'm just searching through there to find out if I missed anything. But God is coming. We need to be ready. He's, at the, he's on the Mount of Olives. He's, got, he's standing up there in heaven with his steed looking down through heaven as it's standing open. King of kings and Lord of lords. He's ready to make his return. At any moment now, at any moment it could happen. All of the prophecies have been fulfilled. There's nothing holding him back. He's ready. 
I think the only thing that's holding them back is this grace and mercy for more to come into the kingdom of God. We've got time, but we need to get to work, church. We need to get busy. You need to be in your word. You need to be feeding on your word like you feed on food day and night. You know, you can read it early in the morning. You can read it at night before you go to bed. You can read it before you get up with your first cup of coffee. Get your Bible out. Read it. You can take it with you and read it at work. During your lunch break or on break. You can read it at night before you go to bed. We need to know it. We need to have it hidden in our hearts. Jesus gave us this before he went to heaven. And it's the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. Think about that. How many nations are there out there? There's a lot. <laughs> 180, I think, or something more than that. I don't know. But there's a lot of nations. Go and make disciples of nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now we can stand on it. That's God's word. That's his promise. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Just like he told Joshua. Therefore do not be afraid. Take courage. Be of strong heart. Strong mind. Stand on the word of God. Don't let your faith be tossed to and fro. But stand. When the enemy tries to set up embankments. You just rebuke them in Jesus' name and you fill that temple. But you're the body, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the temple. Fill it with His Word. Fill it with worship. Fill it with prayers. Fill it with praise. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Triumphal entry was this week, today. We celebrate it today. Let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that each one of our hearts would be open for your triumphal entry to enter into us. That, Lord God... That we would have and receive all that you have for us. That we would be lacking nothing. 
Your word says we would lack nothing. We give everything over to you. We lack nothing. Lord, they can take all I have, but just leave me your word. Leave me your word, Lord God, that I might live and live according to your will. That I might be about my Father's business. That I might be about this great commission that you've called each one of your disciples to do. Each one of us has a mission before us. To preach the truth. To set the captives free. To bring salvation. To bring healing. Lord, healing. We pray for healing right now in Jesus' name over Ed. That that cancer would be gone. Healed. That he'd be set free from this. It was prophesied. That the cancer, when they go to do surgery, Ellie was telling me. By who? Kuhneman? Hank Kuhneman said that somebody out there, they found a tumor and cancer. But when they go to do surgery, it's going to be gone. We're claiming that for Ed in Jesus' name. And we're claiming an outpouring of blessing in Jesus' name over our finances, over our body right here. Lord, we pray for your hedge of protection, Lord God, that we would be hemmed in under you and that the enemy would not be able to hold us back or hem us in. But we would be hemmed in under your protection always wherever we go. Wherever we go, wherever we drive, whether we're going to Philadelphia and back, that you have hemmed us in and protect us, that you've gone before us and you make straight our paths, that you keep the enemy far from us and keep us from the enemy, that no matter where we travel or go, that you are with us and that we're bringing the light. And we're bringing revival because of your great love that's inside of us. That's just swelling up and boiling over. Lord God, and pouring over upon your people. Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray for miracle signs and wonders. I pray that each person here would be ready for your second coming. That not only that we would be ready, but our families would be ready. Our children, our grandchildren, Lord God. Lord, bring them in. Bring them home. Call them in. Speak to their hearts. We pray that not one would be lost or left behind. Help us to use the means that we have, Lord, for your kingdom and your glory. And, Lord God, not for our glory. Let us not take the glory. The glory is yours, Lord. Let us boast in you. Boast in what you do. Because we can't do anything without you, Lord Jesus, but get get ourselves in trouble. Lord, I pray. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this great day. And I pray for this week that, Lord God, that there would be supernatural breakthrough in the spiritual realms, that the devil would lose ground, that his embankments would be destroyed. And, Lord God, that your people would be set free, that his lines would be broken by the power of the Holy Ghost, that his plans would be thwarted, That his plans over us would not prosper, Lord God. Or his arrows that fly by day would miss their mark. And the terror by night would leave us alone. 
Because we've applied the blood of the Lamb of Jesus over our homes, over our children, over ourselves, and that we're protected in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, and praise you. And I praise you for this day. Amen. Amen. Well, everybody have a great week. And don't forget Friday if you can make it.